Welcome to Garbage and Gold, the podcast where two friends share the worst and the best about everything. Sometimes there's fights, sometimes there's agreement, and always there is plenty of snark. I'm your host, Lindsay. And I'm your other host, Lisa. If you want opinions, you have come to the right girls. We've been sharing our opinions with each other for over 10 years, and now we want to hear your opinions too. We'll tell you more about sharing those at the end of the show. So for now, you guys get cozy. Settle in for about 30 minutes of passionate, silly deliberation. All right, Lindsay, so the poll results are in from our 90s genre music uh, Garbage and Gold episode, and um, I'm very curious to see who won. Garbage mm, and gold. Are you? Yeah, are you? yeah. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> well, let's just say, who knew that 90s music genre choices could be so controversial in the showdown between my garbage, which was teen pop, mm-hmm. and your garbage, which was EDM, yeah. um, you did beat me soundly. Yes! Um, so while I chose teen pop because, not because I don't love them, but because, right. you know, they don't really yeah. bring anything to the table, yeah. lots of yeah. people felt very strongly that teen pop yeah. brought a lot to the table, so... Yeah. In the gold race between my gold of grunge and your yeah. gold of... I'm really nervous about this. Punk yeah, okay. ska, you did win. And I would like to apologize oh, to... I'm so happy! I feel like I need to apologize to the ghost of Kurt Cobain for <laughs> everyone who voted for your gold and not he, mine. He would not want this sort of publicity anyway. He would not want this. <laughs> That's true. He does I not mean, want this. Really, you guys are just reinforcing that Grunge wouldn't have wanted to win because winning oh! would have met, would have been anti-Grunge. So um, I swept it. You I'm swept so it. I'm so happy. I'm going to be so obnoxious for the next yeah, you week. Are. <laughs> so you really are. So in the Woo! overall scheme, we've now had six polls. Yes. I have won three. And you have won four. So Lisa ah! is ahead. Mm-hmm. I can't even believe with grunge I did not win. Because it's so like poppy and fun and whatever. <laughs> I am not okay with it. Burn your flannel shirts, wash and cut ah! your hair because grunge is not winning. It's all bleach spiked hair and Jinko jeans and oh my god, yes. I love Furious. it. I love it. I love it. I, I cannot believe Grunge did not win. I can't believe it. Okay, so I know. do you have do you have some favorite listener comments? I do. I do. I do. I'm I'm sorry, I'm still kind of reeling from this. Okay, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's not like you won a million dollars. It feels like it because I swept it. I feel so happy. Oh my god! Because music is like your thing. It is. Yeah. And so notice I'm like, that I picked nuanced choices, and you were like, "I'm just gonna go for the the absolute." Okay, punk, okay, punk and ska was not like a super popular genre. Apparently, at the time. it was, and I don't understand the world anymore. <laughs> I love everything. Okay. All right. I do have two different listener shout outs. So the first comment I have is someone who reviewed us on iTunes, which makes me very happy. And it is by Cole, 
who is a very enthusiastic listener of the show. He's also the one that did the Peacock Vow art, which was it, posted it on our... It is not a good week to be me. It's not a good <laughs> week to be me. Let's be honest. <laughs> he post, uh, He shared that with us, and then I posted that on our Instagram, and I just, I love it so much. Cole is a wonderful human, and he's very artistically talented, and I love it. His review for our iTunes podcast page made me super happy. This is what it says. This is verbatim. Rad ladies positively sharing their rad opinions. I have huge friend crushes on both these rad Aww. humans. I know. It's super great. So, Cole, we have a big friend crush on you, too. Thank you for the artwork. Thank you for listening. Seriously, You're the cool. best. You are You're the best. so great. You are so great. All right. And then my other one is Instagram poster and friend of mine, Jamie Blissmer, commented, not really sure how Metallica did not make this list. And honestly... Yeah, I mean, Metallica does not fit into either of our categories, right. but man, Metallica was so big in the 90s, like super huge. Which I, I did rebut and say they did start becoming popular in the 80s, which then does that disqualify them from being a 90s band? Right. And then she replied, Enter Sandman came out yes. in 1991 and that song, like everybody knew that song. And she also goes on to say, like, everybody became essentially, like, heavy metal fans right. with Metallica on the scene. It's like, yep, absolutely true. So shout out to Jamie. Yeah. We definitely did not mention Metallica, but man, they were a huge part of the 90s for sure. So I have a few as well. Two Moms Read Books commented, Dave Grohl is the goldest gold of all the golds. And yeah. yep, that is yeah. that is his title for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. Ashley T said that she liked my playlist. She said it was killer. Oh, so thanks, Ashley T. Yes. I've been listening to it all week. I think my yeah. coworkers are sick of it. Um, <laughs> it's fine. A little Pearl Jam never hurt anyone. Mandy Baxter, in her voting, decided that she was going to vote for alternative. Or that was oh. her choice. Was alternative. Yeah, that was her gold. Yeah. To encompass grunge, punk, and alt rock. And Mandy, yeah. we saw what you did there, and we like it a lot. Everyone's a winner. So but thank I, you. But I won, though. Like, so we're clear. I won, though. Because that's not how we did it. But if we had done it that way. But we didn't. So I won. I'm telling okay. Eddie Vedder on you all. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. So thank you for listening. Thank you for your comments. Thank you for your votes. And next week, let's do better. Okay, people? Let's do better. Thanks for voting for me and for using your brains. You guys get it. You're my people. I love Ugh. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, friends, this week we're deliberating the garbage and gold of someone or someones everyone loves to hate, and that is movie villains. Okay, was that grammatically correct, though, for you to say someone or someones? <laughs> what is that? I don't know. What's the alternative? Uh, just, uh, just someone that people love to hate? But what, I don't what's know, the plural of someone? Why are we talking about more than one someone? Now I'm self-conscious. Thank you. Do you see my body language? <laughs> I'm protecting myself. Why am I? Why is Lisa in the fetus position? Because people, sometimes you got to call out grammar. So I'm very sorry. Shush. So, what does it take to make a villain? A villain is almost always an antagonist who tends to have a negative effect on the other characters in a movie or work book or work of fiction or whatever. A villain is defined as cruel, malicious, someone who is involved or devoted to wickedness or crime, 
and who constitutes an important evil agency in the plot. So they're a bad person who is making bad things happen, basically. Mm -hmm. In movies, villains are usually the adversary of our hero, and they try to foil our hero's plans. And they are usually one of the obstacles a hero must struggle to overcome, and whatever the villain is trying to do is usually in direct opposition to what the hero is trying to do, So there's a contrast there between heroic traits and villainous traits. So finally, uh, villains have to be given some characterization that provides motive for their wrongdoing and elevate them to be an adversary worthy to the hero in the books or movies or whatever. Yeah. So that's the hero sound. Yeah. (laughs) So good. Hey, everyone. Just a quick note before we get started. This episode, we do talk about movie villains and uh, there are some references to violence and some other things that we are obviously not fans of. Right. So this is a trigger warning for everybody. There will be some discussion of violence. Villains are typically pretty violent people. So this is still completely safe to listen to. But just to give you a heads up for any trigger warning, um, if you have any issues with talking about assault or abuse or anything like that. We hope you enjoy it. We love a good villain because movies are always better with a good villain. So It is with this framing of what a villain is that I ask you, Lindsay, who is your garbage movie villain? In trying to prepare for my garbage and gold of movie villains, what I realized is that I watch way too much independent film because I'm realizing that the bad guy or the thing that the hero is fighting against in almost every movie that I watch on the regular is like fate or mm. destiny, oh, or, so more or the patriarchy, or yeah. ideals. Like that. So, okay, okay. Um, I had to kind of dig in deep, but my garbage movie villains are Marv and Peter from Home Alone, also known as the Wet Bandits. So if you live under a rock and have never seen a Christmas movie, which Aww, if you haven't seen Home Alone, I do feel like yeah. maybe you're not American. Maybe. I feel like that's a very, that's like a rite of passage to see Home Alone. Right. Yeah. So the plot of Home Alone is this. There is a family, the McAllisters. They live in a very affluent suburb of Chicago. Chicago, and they are headed to Paris for vacation over Christmas break, which, hello, that mm-hmm. means you have major money. And they have a bunch of kids. Seriously. There's a lot of people traveling. Seriously. Um, and they leave behind their eight-year-old son, Kevin, mm-hmm. because he was sent to his room and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And everyone thought he was in the other car and they all went to the airport and they flew to Paris. And it takes a long time for them to realize they don't have Kevin with them. Yes. Really good parenting. Super good I mean, parenting. Was, Super good parenting. It was the the 90s so yeah I um, guess things were a little more lax then what did he do for a living that he had that house and took his whole family Mm -hmm. to Paris over Christmas he had to have been like a mob boss surely uh you don't think Mrs. McAllister also worked I don't think so she did not give the impression that she was a working woman she gave the impression she was a kept woman Which is my my dream. I would like to be a kept woman. Same. Anyway, so the McAllisters leave to go to Paris, and their eight-year-old son at first is very excited to be home alone. Totally. Because we all are excited to be home alone. Absolutely. Yes. So Kevin, as an eight-year-old, is a normal eight-year-old, and that things are scary for him, but he's figuring out a way to kind of live, and what happens is Kevin overhears these two guys talking about how they are going to rob his house on Christmas Eve. 
leave. Mm. And so Kevin must figure out a way to sabotage and booby trap Mm -hmm. his home Mm -hmm. so that the robbers will not rob Mm -hmm. his house. Mm -hmm. So that is the basic plot point of Home Alone. If it makes you feel any better, there is a moment where the mom realizes that Kevin is not there when she's already in Paris and she yells Kevin and it is like, you know, Mm -hmm. it is burned in the brain forever. Mm -hmm. But she's not the villain. Maybe she should be, but she's not the villain we're focusing on. Yeah, she's definitely on the list somewhere. Yes. No, no. So the wet bandits try to rob this house. There must be some good stuff in that house if they work this hard to try to rob it. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, it looks like there would be. I mean, if I were casing a place to rob, I might might go for the McAllister place, too. Yeah. Marv and Peter, though, are just not brilliant. And so one of the... There's a couple reasons why I think that they are the garbage movie villains. And I don't know... Like, I'm trying to figure out if they were trying to make this movie, like, okay for kids. Mm -hmm. And so they kind of made Marv and Peter buffoony. Yeah. Because they didn't... Like, they couldn't be super scary. Right. But there's a couple big things. One of them is Marv and Peter are outwitted by an eight-year-old. Right. I have eight-year-olds in my life, and yeah. I love them dearly. Right. If they ever outwitted me, yeah. I, 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 don't, I think I would be done. Right. Like, I just think I would right. be like, okay, right. I need to probably go move into a home somewhere. Right. Other people take care of me because I was outwitted by an eight-year-old. Even a prodigy um, eight-year-old is still like, yeah. okay, guys. And they yeah. seem to be, they have like a name. So you feel like right. this is not their first job. So I right. feel like they should have a little more experience that they would be able to kind of pivot and do right. better. And there's several times in the movie where it's like, oh, you got hit in the face with an iron. Don't open that door. Yeah. Like, go away. Yeah. Like, leave. Yeah. Right. The, this kid is obviously going to get you. Yeah. Just walk away. Yeah. And the big one is Kevin overhears them plotting about yeah. how they're going to rob his house. Criminals. Let me just give you some advice. Yeah, pro Don't tip. talk about the crime you're going to do. Talk about it in secret, in closed doors, maybe using code language, but do not out in right. public talk about how you are going to rob something. The really the big one, the sticking point for me is the fact that Marv and Peter are called the wet bandits yeah. because of their calling card, yeah. which is they leave the water running when they rob homes. Could we get any lamer? It's the lamest calling card. It's the lamest thing to call yourselves. And then they come back for another movie. They just don't learn. And that is why Marvin Peter, a.k.a. the Wet Bandits, are the worst, the garbage movie villains. Okay. That is it. Okay. That is my garbage movie villain. All right, Lisa, I can't wait. What is your garbage movie villain? Okay. Well, I went a little more recent um, with my villain. <laughs> yeah, why am I stuck in the 90s? Forever. Oh, Lord. Because I'm watching I'm watching current independent yeah. film. Yeah, yeah, That's what it is, because I'm super snotty and cultured. <laughs> so hipster. You haven't so heard of it. Hipster. I'm not even going to list any of the movies I listen to, because you haven't heard of them. <laughs> okay, Lisa, you don't listen to movies. You watch movies. You listen to podcasts. <sighs> okay. My garbage is Captain Hector Barbosa from the Pirates of the Caribbean film series. Have you heard of it before? <laughs> There's a ride. I don't know. Are they fighting against fate or destiny? Because probably. I mean, you I can maybe been. argue that, but I think. How many, how many Pirates of the Caribbean movies are there? Oh my God. How many make up the series? How many? Would you like to take a guess? No, because I've seen the first one. Okay. And that is it. Okay. So the Pirates of the Caribbean series started in 2003 with Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. Which has one of the most quoted movie lines ever by me, which is, but why is the rum gone? There you go. Johnny Depp. Thank you, sir. Super current. 2003. You're welcome. 
It's only been 14 years. Excuse me. No, God, that was that was really bad math. <laughs> math. It's been math, math, math. 16 years, and you're still you using even it. Like, oh, it's the new year. I got messed up. <laughs> was off by three years still. Whatever. So then it continues on for four more movies. There are five Pirates of the Caribbean movies. I, I did not know there were that many. Honestly, that's too many. The last one came out in 2017, which was Dead Men Tell No Tales. But I also saw on the internet there is a Pirates of the Caribbean 6 that is slated to come out at some point. No one wants that. Yes, so we can file that along with the live-action Aladdin under things no one asked for but we're having to deal with anyway. People have asked for the live-action Aladdin. Who? I want a name. I, don't know I want who a name. Aladdin. Who wants that? Um, More so than live-action Little Mermaid, which that was a thing for a little bit. What? Like on the Disney Channel or like for real? I, I don't I don't know if it's real. <laughs> I, I, I will Google it while you are. Captain Barbosa is portrayed by the Australian actor Jeffrey Rush, whom I sincerely adore as a human. One of the reasons I really adore Jeffrey Rush is because he devised a childhood and youth backstory for Captain Barbosa in order to portray him a little bit more convincingly. Ugh. Yeah, which should give you a pretty good indicator how seriously the writers of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies thought about fleshing out this garbage villain they didn't <laughs> they didn't care <laughs> and it really shows <laughs> so according to rush captain barbosa was born into poverty and ran away from home at 13 to become a sailor but immediately he knew he wouldn't be rich like he wanted as an honest sailor so he went on to become a pirate because obviously that's what you do all right i'm not going to go over the entirety of captain barbosa's role in the movies as i am less than interested in watching 12 hours of pirates of the caribbean however i have seen curse of the black pearl and i have seen dead man's chest and that was enough for me to know that i think i was done with the series so i have enough for what i need to claim him as the garbage villain that he is. In the movies, Captain Barbosa is first mate to Jack Sparrow, aka Johnny Depp, on the Black Pearl, and then there's a mutiny that occurs, which kind of sets all these things into motion, and so that's how we know him in the movies. He maroons Jack Sparrow on an island, which is admittedly a super cool villain move, but he mm. goes on to spend cursed treasure, and that's what makes Barbosa and the whole crew undead, which is the plot mainly for the for the first movie. So there are three main reasons why Captain Hector Barbosa is a total garbage. I like that you use his full name. Yeah. Okay, I should also tell you, this is a fun fact I found out on the internet today, that he did not have a first name in the script. And I think that Don't tell me that Jeffrey Rush like named him. No, I think Johnny Depp named him actually. I know, which is I don't even like that better. I know it actually makes it kind of worse. Yeah, so they yeah. so uh, he's super garbage because the writers didn't even care enough to flush out <laughs> any of his things. So you cannot even blame me for thinking this is garbage because they kind of thought he was garbage too. The three main reasons that Hector Barbosa is a total garbage villain. I would say he's more accurately described as a trickster than a villain. Like, I don't believe he necessarily has evil agency as much as he's trying to manipulate Jack Sparrow to do what he wants him to do. So mm. basically, he's just like a human being. <laughs> Nothing super evil about that. It's just like human nature. The second thing that makes him super garbage is that he's a corporate pirate. I'm using bunny quotes for that. Who isn't really working against any of our main heroes of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. And mm. he doesn't create a stark contrast in motives between himself and our heroes. So despite being labeled a villain for the film, he doesn't even really meet the basic criteria of what a villain is or what they're mm. supposed to do. He's just kind of right. like another character. So that he's garbage in that sense. 
sense. But so he doesn't really fulfill no. all those things that you lovingly researched. Yes, earlier about what makes what makes. <laughs> yeah, but he's definitely billed as the villain in the movie. But then when you look at it, right. you're like, he's not though. Right. right. All right. And then finally, in a film with over the top, crazy, ridiculous characters, he just doesn't even stand out as a bad guy. Like he's charming and he's funny. And really, the only reason he's in the position he's in is because of the bad treasure. So like his motives aren't all that crazy. Like, of course, he's going to try to get someone to try to break the curse so they don't all have to be undead forever. Mm. And he was definitely not the only one who wanted to maroon Jack Sparrow on the island. And he just had the gumption to do it. So, I mean, he did the mutiny, which is a villain move, but everybody wanted to do that. So... Do you think there's a little bit of villain in Jack Sparrow? Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I think he's more duplicitous mm. than... Good word. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. My word-a-day calendar. Just tear that page right off. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Someone's <laughs> been learning. So, yeah, I, I do. I do think that. Mm. And then in the... Uh, just as a little foreshadowing, in my gold, there are also many villains, but my gold villain stands out as, like, the cream of the crop, whereas in this one, the villain that is supposed to be the villain is garbage because he isn't actually mm. a bad guy really yeah. yeah so nice so that is my garbage captain hector barbosa a little update on my googling there was a live action little mermaid movie released on the 17th of august in 2018 in the usa and it was starring a lot of people i'd never heard of but william mosley is that, is that his last name who was the older brother in the narnia movies okay okay put that in your queue Okay, I'm not going to. Because <laughs> I didn't ask for that either. <laughs> you didn't. But I would say if we're going to rank, oh, we really didn't need really a live action need, Little no. Mermaid. There's a, there, I have a lot of questions about that that I'm not comfortable asking on our podcast. So we're just going to let that be. <laughs> All right, so Lindsay, your garbage were the wet bandits from... <laughs> it's like... It's like the word moist or I know, like it's I know. It like, makes me very uncomfortable to say it. <laughs> the more we say it, the worse it's getting. And, yep, yep. I think it's mm. the combination of wet and band. So it's like wet band. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like where that's going. Uh. Yeah, yeah, I know. Okay. So it's the wet bandits from Home Alone. And mm. my garbage is Captain Barbosa from Pirates of the Caribbean. All right. So Lindsay, tell mm. me, who is your gold movie villain? My gold movie villain is the character Aaron Stampler, played by Edward Norton, in the movie Primal Fear, Ooh. which I believe is also a 90s movie. Yeah, so. but that is like a classic. Um, I mean, it's also a classic. Not that Home Alone is not yeah. a classic, but Primal Fear is one of those, it's like, that is a, like a thriller done right. Yeah. Like that is, yeah. yes, very good. Good choice. Because obviously there are tons of movie villains that are like, use guns and they're yeah. really bad and they torture people and all that stuff. Yeah. And I think what's so interesting about Aaron Stampler is the the psychological manipulation yeah. that happens during the movie. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So the plot of the movie is Richard Gere is a lawyer who takes on the case of this developmentally delayed young man who's been accused of murdering an archbishop. And so the archbishop had been accused of molesting Aaron and some 
other children. And Aaron Stampler is, you know, they are painting him as this victim. He has a very low IQ. He's not able to understand Mm -hmm. what he was doing. Mm -hmm. And so even though he was caught, like, fleeing the scene of the crime covered in blood, Richard Gere's like, you know, we can can do this. This is a travesty that just the justice system is trying to go after this kid who who cannot be held accountable right, for of course. his his, of act, the trauma. his supposed yeah. actions. Uh-huh. So throughout the movie, you watch Richard Gere kind of discover more and more about Aaron, and he he does discover that the Archbishop did in fact molest Aaron, and you also discover that Aaron has multiple personality disorder, which is what they call it in the movie. The DSM five though does do away with that diagnosis. Actually, I think it went away in DSM four, but in the DSM five, it is listed as dissociative identity disorder. Okay. Not multiple personalities. So there are several instances in the movie where Aaron, who's soft-spoken with like a southern accent and and speaks very slowly, changes into a character named Roy, Mm. who is very violent, Mm -hmm. very, uses very crude language, and is obviously a sociopath. And the the Roy personality actually does admit to killing the Archbishop because the Archbishop had enlisted him and and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. So Richard Gere's character... I didn't look up what his character's name is because he's Richard Gere. That's fine. We know him. I don't know his name in Pretty Woman, okay? Which is like his pivotal movie. So he's just Richard Gere. He's Richard Gere. He finds out about the multiple personality disorder, but he knows that in a current trial at this time, I don't know what laws are now, he could not plead insanity to get Aaron off of this death penalty right, case. Right, right, right. And so he, Richard Gears, does some kind of shady things to leak out that Aaron has this this disorder. Um, he actually kind of manipulates Aaron in the courtroom and Roy comes out Ooh, and is like super violent yep, in the yep, courtroom. Yep, yep. So because of that instance, the judge changes the trial to a bench trial and Aaron is declared not guilty for reasons of insanity. And so you're like, okay, way to go. He did, did the right thing. Really good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Helped this So after the trial, unhealthy person. Richard, th- this kid is mentally ill. He, mm-hmm. he does not deserve to die for right, this crime. Right, right. And so Richard Gere goes into the jail cell with Aaron. Edward Norton is talking in that like soft, southern, slow voice. Mm-hmm. And then it changed. Like I'm tearing up. Like I'm so freaked out. <laughs> I right know. Now. It's so terrifying. And the voice changes and you find out that he does not have dissociative identity disorder. Mm-hmm. He is actually very, very smart and has no mm-hmm. kind of IQ issues. Yep. And he has been playing Richard Gere yes. the whole time yes. to get out of this death penalty thing. Yep. And he is actually a sociopath who did kill the archbishop yep. and also killed other people. Yes. And the end of the movie is Richard Gere walking out of the jail as Edward Norton, as Aaron Stampler, is screaming insults at him as he's walking away. And it, seriously, I'm like upset now. Yeah. The first time I saw it, I was probably like 18, which means like I was legally an adult. Yeah. I could buy cigarettes and lottery tickets <laughs> and vote. Yeah. So like I was very adult and I cried. Yeah. Like, I cried. It was yeah. so scary. Edward Norton is just spectacular. He's like such it's one a good of kind actor. of his breakthrough. Yeah. And this role specifically is so well yeah. done. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the scariest, like most goosebump inducing thing. And like, that's what I think a movie villain does. Yeah so well yes like because there are there are movie villains that are like shoot them up and Mm -hmm. like crash things and set things on fire and blow things up but for me what is more terrifying yes is a movie villain that is so real yeah 
and so terrible and and just gets you in that like headspace yeah sort of like oh they could punch me in the face it's like oh no he could punch me in the psyche yeah okay well yeah. let me let me take it then let you okay. decompress a little <laughs> from your terrifying <sighs> movie villain because yeah all right so lay it on me. yes my gold movie villain is bill from the Kill Bill Volume 1 and Volume 2 movies mm. by Quentin Tarantino. I mean, he did make it in the title. He did. So he did. He's kind of a big deal. However, he's not even in the first movie. Like, you only hear him in the first movie. You never actually see mm. his face. So we'll get to that in a minute. First of all, I love these movies so much. So, 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 so much. So, like, I'm very biased about this, but I'm still very right because he's a gold villain. So I can be biased and also right. So that's what's happening here. Um <laughs> Kill Bill is a duology directed by Quentin Tarantino, and it stars Uma Thurman, and she's the bride. This uh, fun yeah, fact: yeah. Uma Thurman and I have the same birthday. Oh, look at we're you. birthday twins! So cute. This is Tarantino's homage to grindhouse cinema, and it includes martial art films, samurai movies, and spaghetti westerns, all kind of rolled into one. And it's just magnificent. Mm. I love it so much. It's so fun. Kill Bill Volume One came out in 2003, and Volume Two came out in 2004. Originally, it was just going to be one like big movie but it was over four hours so they split it into two the plot is basically this it's a revenge film in which our very pregnant main character the bride is shot in the head in a wedding chapel by the deadly viper assassination squad under the orders of their leader and prime villain of the film bill the rest of the movie shows us that she doesn't die because she goes on this revenge quest she awakes from a coma four years later and is totally set on revenge against all these people that wronged her like i said earlier we don't actually see bill the entire first film of the duology which really sets to build the mystique about him Mm, and the fear of him and I love that I love that he's off camera or you can only hear his voice so you can either hear him on the phone or whatever we do hear him though at the site of the bride's attempted murder he says do you find me sadistic you know I'll bet I could fry an egg on your head right now if I wanted to no kiddo I'd like to believe you're aware enough, even now, to know there's nothing sadistic in my actions. Maybe toward those other jokers, but not you. No, kiddo, this moment, this is me at my most masochistic. Then she tells him that the baby is his as the bullet is flying towards her skull. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's that's, pretty that's intense. A lot. It's pretty yeah. <laughs> There's a lot happening. It's a lot happening, yeah. I'm so glad you're talking about Bill so I can sleep tonight. <laughs> I love it. But he says it in just like this quiet intensity that you're just like, oh my God, it's yeah, terrifying. Like it's, he's so soft spoken. So that's the thing is like, I think a villain that like, like mine, like that surprises you, that's quiet, that's mm, still mm-hmm. so much scarier yes. than a yelly villain. Yes, I'm with you. Absolutely. So then in volume two of the Kill Bill duology, we actually see him after hearing about all this trash that he's done in volume one. He's basically the reason all of these things happened. And like you said, he's in the title of the film because her revenge is all ultimately against him. Here's what makes Bill an absolute gold movie villain. We find out in volume two, there's a more complete picture of him showing up to the bride's wedding, which we find out is actually just the rehearsal for the wedding. He knew in that moment, he goes to see her at the wedding. He knows that a death squad is coming. He knew she was going to die. And he knows that she's massively pregnant. And he still is talking to her and as cool as a cucumber about the whole thing. 
and he only feels remorse after she reveals to him that the child is his right before he, she is attempted to be killed. It's wow. so terrifying. So after you see the whole like volume one and you realize all these things and you see him show up, you're like, oh my, like I know what happens. And he's just right. like super chill. Bill is also a master of emotional manipulation. He somehow convinces the other members of the assassination squad to kill the bride and everyone else there, despite her being a peer of theirs for a long time, because you kind of find out more of that in volume one and a little mm-hmm. bit in volume two that like she worked with these people. So somehow Bill has been like, yep, we need to get rid of her and everybody else. So I don't know what he said to them to emotionally manipulate them or whatever. He further goes on to try to finish the job, but this is still the mother of his child and he knows this is the mother of his child and he still tries to finish her off, mm. which is terrifying. So his motivations, so that's something that we talked about as far as villains, it's important that villains have motivations. His motivations are explained in the closing dialogue because he's a villain, so of course he has a big speech at the end there, just like yours did too, as like a a lot of things to say or whatever. Basically, his response to why he did all these things is this. He overreacted because he was jealous that she ran you off think? and was going to marry someone else. Yeah. So if that sounds like victim blaming to you, Lindsay, it's because it is. That is victim. Yeah. Mm, I was wondering. Yeah. 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 He's a total narcissist and blames her for all of the things. Takes none of the responsibility on himself. Come on, Bill. <sighs> anyway. How dare you blame Uma Thurman for anything? <laughs> Seriously. She's tall and beautiful and she, has a great birthday. She does. <laughs> so rude. So rude of Bill. Okay, and finally, the reason why Bill sticks out in my brain as an absolute gold movie villain Mm -hmm. is because there are so many incredible villains in this movie because there's like four assassins, right? And so you've got Vivica A. Fox is an assassin, Lucy Liu is an assassin, and my personal favorites are Elle Driver, who is played by Daryl Hannah. She has the eye patch and she does the whistling Mm -hmm. and it's amazing. And then Bud, who is played by Michael Madsen and he lives in like this little remote trailer and he's just like, oh my God, I love it. It's so great. So anyway, the villains are super great. They're super hyper-characterized and wonderful. And Bill still stands out as the supreme villain in this. So he's the most terrifying in a film of terrifying villains. And he completely encapsulates what a villain should be because he's at odds with our protagonist. He's malicious. He is cruel. And he's an adversary worthy of our very wonderful bride, Uma Thurman. All right, so my gold movie villain is Aaron Stampler from Primal Fear, as played by the lovely Edward Norton, who scares me to no end. And your gold movie villain is Bill from Kill Bill. Correct. Yeah. So now it is time for you, dear listeners, to go and cast your vote for garbage options and your vote for gold options on our Instagram and Twitter accounts at GarbageGoldPod. Make your voices heard you guys we will share the poll results on our next episode oh and while you're out there voting be sure please to subscribe rate and review our podcast and tell your friends because we like to make new friends but if it is a bad review like we get it so you can just keep it to yourself yeah we don't need that thanks is a super special incentive any listeners who subscribe rate and review our podcast are entered to win some exclusive and super great garbage and gold swag we're doing that now through march and we just really want to get our podcast up and off the ground and we'd love your help so that's right all you need to do is send us a dm on twitter or instagram that's a direct message at garbage gold pod or a screen 
screenshot to our email address, which is garbagegoldpod at gmail.com, and you're automatically entered to win some seriously cool merch. It's so good. Guys. I know. It's so, good. it's so good. And that's it. Like, we would love your help, and your help be rewarded. So it's a win-win. Okay, so that's enough of the self-promotion. Join us next week as we deliberate the garbage and gold of gas station food. <laughs> excited for those of you who are like you know watching what you eat because it's a new year new you it's time to throw all that away because it's gas station food treat yourself with some gas station food everybody yellow classy i think what people would describe us as is classy that we're like super excited to talk about gas station food all right so we will see y'all next week okay thanks for listening bye bye